Welcome back to the Triage Podcast. Um, today we're joined by Shannon, who is actually our most frequent guest. Um, so if you've listened to some of the previous podcasts with her on, you'll know that she's very intelligent around the stuff, especially the stuff we're going to talk about today. And the reason we have her on today is because this stuff really does tie in nicely um, with this, the series that we've been doing. But also, like Shannon just came out recently with a, a webinar series, which I think everyone should you know, check out. So Welcome back, Shannon. Thank you for having me back. It's an honor. <laughs> good, good. Right, so today we're basically talking about, I'm going to say body image. I'm going to just put it under the category of body image, even though we'll probably go on a few tangents from that, right? And the reason we're, we're covering it in this series is because if you've ever coached anyone or like you've, you've tried to coach yourself, you'll probably realize very quickly that body image and results they're not necessarily the same thing. And what I mean by that is like quite often you'll have a client come to you and they'll say, oh, I will be happy when I reach X weight on the scales, you know, or when I fit in this dress size or whatever it is, right? Um, and then you get them the results. But they don't actually have the, the mindset, the mental results from that. Like they've achieved their goal. Happy days. You, you as a coach can go, yeah, look, you said you wanted to weigh X or you said you wanted to fit into X dress size and we're, we got that. However, the, the client can still be unhappy, right? And obviously if you're coaching yourself, like you can still be unhappy and that can be very frustrating where you thought you were going to be happy because you weighed a certain amount or you know looked a certain way or felt, whatever it is, right? Um, and then you realize you get to that end point and you, you, you feel like you're not happy. You just shift your goal. You shift to like, oh, I'm going to now be happy when I reach X or Y or whatever it is. You know, you, you just shift the goalpost. Uh, or what often happens is people completely fall off the wagon because they, they feel like they've just, you know, oh, I thought I would be happy when I got X. I wasn't happy when I got X. Obviously, you know, I'm just a complete failure and nothing's ever going to work for me for, work for me, and I might as well just give up, you know? And this is something that if you're coaching someone, you really have to know how to basically talk around body image talk around how someone actually views their body and and coaching that from a coaching perspective is actually really hard right and that's that's somewhat of what Chan's going to talk about today and but also I want you to realize that if you are an individual coaching yourself like this stuff really is important because at least with a coach guiding you like they can kind of see the pitfalls if you're coaching yourself you need to be able to identify these you know thought processes especially like you know i'll only be happy when i get x you know like that's very unfulfilling and i know i, I always use the example of people say like you know oh money can't buy you happiness and and like that's true to an extent obviously like there's a certain threshold you need to reach but it's the same with results like results can't buy you happiness like just you could be like i've seen people that are you know bodybuilding competitors or physique competitors or whatever and i objectively subjectively whatever you want to say they're like you look at their physique and you're like, wow, like next level here, right? Phenomenal. But they're not happy in themselves. They're not, there's always something else. They're like, oh, well, I want to have bigger arms or I want to flatter stomach, whatever it is. There's always something else that they're like, oh, I, I'm reaching for that. And like, that's good. We want to be, you know, pushing towards whatever, you know, we want to pro be progressing. However, we don't want to have our happiness tied up on that. So Shannon, I'm going to let you have the floor here and flow whatever way you want conversation and um, because like you've done that webinar series and it's a it's probably going to be a 
uh, a resource that people can go go to after this podcast and, and learn more about this stuff if they're interested. Um, and obviously, you've been putting a lot of work in that. So tell us a little bit more about like body image and yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think what you've kind of highlighted there is that that thought process of I'll be happy when I look a certain way. And the reason that that's really important is because often I find that when working with clients, they come with the intention to change how they feel about themselves. You know, I would like to lose weight so that I can be more confident or I can you know, put myself out there in social situations. I won't be holding myself back anymore. And they think that the route you know, towards that goal is by changing how they look. But as you say, changes to how we look doesn't don't necessarily correlate to changes to how we feel and I know for myself that I don't feel like I've done a good job if I just help someone become a smaller version of themselves or whatever physique modification they're, they're after you know just changing how they look but feeling exactly the same I don't feel like I've achieved anything there like I haven't done anything meaningful for this person and that kind of got me looking into the research on body image also because there's a lot of overlap or relevance to dietary restraint as well um so that's kind of how i came across the the research on body image in the first place and then i started to understand that well actually there's far more to changing how someone feels about themselves than simply modifying their body composition and the reason for that is because body image is a multifaceted construct and it has little to do with our physical appearance and far more to do with how we think about ourselves how we perceive ourselves how we feel about ourselves and the things that we do in relation to those thoughts and feelings and the thing is our perception of ourselves is not dependent on what we actually look like and you've probably seen this in practice where or even for the listeners maybe experience this yourself where people get to a certain level of like body composition and they still feel like they've got changes to make you know of someone may be the leanest that they've ever been and still feel like there's fat to lose because our perceptions of ourselves are not always accurate um, and then this generates feelings and thoughts like the the thought that you know if I was more muscular I would be more confident and have more friends people would like me whatever and then thinking about like the things that people do in relation to that which might be you know um, engaging in restrictive dietary behaviors so body image is far more than it has pretty much very little to do with what you actually look like and it's more about the um, perceptions that you have of yourself and the way that you experience your body in the world as well um, and then when it comes to like, what does this mean for coaching then, you know, I, the question that I had was, well, if people are coming to me wanting to change their physiques, but with the ultimate goal of, you know, improving how they feel, how can we help them move towards that? Because they're actually two different goals and people may expect that they would overlap but they often don't. And also there can be other detrimental consequences from pursuing a physique goal that may impact someone's quality of life. And that can be kind of something that's often not, I guess, expected or people notice things happening as again, like restrictive dietary behaviors and they don't know what to do because they still want to achieve this physique goal so i was thinking well how can we help people do both you know move towards a physique goal and feel better about themselves and that's kind of 
I guess what the whole intention behind the body image webinars was, was to educate people on what body image actually is, how it's formed, the things that influence our opinions of ourselves, how that manifests in real life, and then how we can reduce a negative body image and promote a positive body image because they're two separate things. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing with the, the clients that I work with and just kind of seeing the changes in how they relate to themselves, I think is more fulfilling than, you know, like before and after pictures of body composition changes, which really don't mean much at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And like, this is so important because like I was a, in preparation for this podcast, I was kind of like analyzing my own thoughts because obviously this is something that like I coach clients through myself. Right. And like, I've been in this position various times throughout my own history so like I have both the experience personally and then obviously the experience coaching clients which I know a lot of people coaching just themselves they don't have those two viewpoints but it's actually really interesting in terms of like how you view body image like I was just again analyzing my own thoughts around this and like you know things I've thought in the past and and like I can distinctly remember times where I've been like you know really really lean and and thought oh look I actually need to lose a little bit of fat just here and it's like that'll make me feel more accomplished or that'll make me feel like, you know, I've really succeeded, you know? I'm like, I, it's, I basically can't be happy in the present because there's, I have to be, I'll only be happy in the future when I get to this, right? But also in terms of like how day-to-day -day fluctuations affect your, your body image or how you perceive your, your body image, right? And this is obviously a little bit more important for females because obviously you have like a menstrual cycle that's going to like, you know, hormones are going to vary throughout the, the whole month. And like, you see this archetypically, like it's like, people are like, oh, I feel like, I feel great. Like say week two of their, their cycle, they're like, oh, at the end of it, they're like, oh, I feel great, feel sexy, whatever. And then it's like a week or two later, they're like, oh man, I'm literally a whale. I, I feel like shit. You know, it's like, there's the, the way they talk about themselves and the way they view their own body as a result of that. Like it's, it's, you, you have to be aware of that. Right. But just going back to like my own experience of this, like I can distinctly remember, like even just recently, like I've just kind of been like, oh, I want to like tidy up my physique a little bit, you know, like I want to just, you know, lose a little bit of fat, right? Um, and like, I'll look in the mirror just in the morning or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, look, I'm looking a bit skinny today, right? And then literally like hours later, nothing has changed about my physique. I'll be like, man, I am jacked, you know? <laughs> so like, I, 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 I can objectively, I can look at that logically and go like, there's probably like very little difference. Like maybe I'm a little bit more hydrated or something, right? Um, but like my view of my body as is completely different, like night and day difference. And it's only a few hours have passed. Like my physique has realistically not changed. Right. Um, and if I've not experienced that before, like I know people I say like they, they kind of shit the bed in terms of like, they see their, their body and they go, Oh, look, I'm skinny fat now. You know, like this dieting stuff, it's not for me. Like, especially from, I'm talking from like a male perspective here where like, you know, you want to be kind of big and you kind of want to be lean. It's like, you know, there's a few different like almost conflicting things going on and obviously that applies to females as well um but like i know my own body image fluctuates throughout the day and if you haven't experienced that yourself and you think oh when i get to this you know point i'm going to be good like that's you're almost setting yourself up for failure because you don't have the I'm going to say the mindset, you don't have the, the information required to actually understand and interpret that you know, your, your body image and the actual physique that you have or whatever, like they are two different things, right? And like, you can be confident and be obese, right? Like you can be confident in your body and you're like, I'm actually doing like 
healthful habits. I'm actually doing like exercise that I enjoy. I actually have a, a deep, meaningful life uh, ethos and philosophy, whatever, right? Um, and you can be confident. And you can also be on the other end of that spectrum and be like, I'm a physique competitor. Outside looking in, people would be like, yeah, you have the best physique on earth. Um, and you can be very low confidence. You can be racked with body image issues um, and like not be in a good place with all that stuff. Right. And as you said, like there is a difference between like reducing negative thoughts around that and then, you know, uh, increasing positive thoughts around that. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the time this stuff gets kind of like swept under the rug and like thrown out. Like they basically throw the baby out with the bathwater because um, people will look at like obese people or overweight people that are trying to improve their their body image. They've been always felt a little bit lower like we'll say self-esteem and body image because, you know, society kind of pushes those people to the fringes. Like, oh, we, th those bodies aren't good enough, you know? Um, and, and people kind of talk more about increasing positive body image as a result and reducing negative body image in, in that population as well. But that kind of gets thrown out because they're like, oh, well, that doesn't apply to, you know, me, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a physique athlete or whatever, like, why would they, why would why would I have to deal with any of that stuff? And in reality, it's like this this information is really important, regardless of what your body looks like, regardless of the results you want to get. Like this stuff still applies to you. And I would actually probably say it applies more to you the more your physique matters to you. Like again, if you're a bodybuilder or a physique athlete or whatever, like you don't want to be in a position where you completely subjectively look at your body one morning and go man, I'm in a terrible position here. And like nothing has changed between your body now and your body yesterday where you felt great. You know, it's like, that's, that's a terrible position to be in, especially if again, like you say, your career is based on your physique. And it also applies to sports as well. But obviously like this conversation will go on forever if we touch everything. That's why you need to go look at the webinar. <laughs> Yeah, you've, you've touched on a really, like, a few important things there. Like, first one being that your, the way that you evaluate your appearance changes more than your actual physical body composition changes. So, like, feedings of fatness, for one example, or, as you say, um, evaluations of muscularity can fluctuate from day to day when our, our bodies barely change, which indicates that there's more to it, as we said, than simply how you look. Um, and there are like a number of reasons behind that, like negative moods um, and also like physical sensations that heighten your body awareness. So like you mentioned women and their menstrual cycle. Um, also when we body check, so when you're looking at yourself in the mirror or stepping on the scale or um, making comparisons between how you look versus how other people look. Also like feeling full after a big meal or bloated or hot or sweaty or wearing clothes that are tight like all of these things can influence our mood and, and the way that we feel about our bodies which I think is quite an, an interesting thing to think about again if you're stuck in that mindset of I will be happy when it's like oh actually I kind of noticed that it changes a lot regardless of how I look so maybe there is some, some more work that I need to do here and then you also mentioned how we shouldn't discriminate between different body shapes and sizes in terms of thinking about who needs to do body image work versus who doesn't. Because as we've kind of said, everyone has a body image. Everyone has thoughts about their body um, and feelings and experiences within their bodies. Um, and you said that those who 
find that their appearance is a large part of who they are, are ones who would particularly benefit from doing some body image work. And you're exactly right in that because appearance kind of investment is one of the biggest risk factors, again, for developing like pathological eating behaviors um, or eating disorders, body image disturbances, because you can be, so there's, there's two like components to this appearance evaluation so basically the degree to which you're satisfied or dissatisfied with your appearance and then appearance um, investment so the degree to which it really matters to you to to feel good about yourself to have like the ideal body and you can be dissatisfied with your appearance but not care that much and you're probably going to be better off than someone who's very satisfied with their appearance but cares a whole lot and I've worked with a number of people who are in that position they actually do like how they look but they're they're unhappy with the the way that they have to maintain that physique so if you think about again physique competitors who are like stage lean and desperately trying to cling on to that could be some physical health consequences and also just an impact to their quality of life you know missing out on things and, and all the rest of it so they're actually probably satisfied with how they feel but they're very invested in maintaining that body composition which is even more kind of problematic so there would be like different strategies, I guess, to kind of address that. And the the goal would be to kind of help people to see where they may have like marginalized other aspects of their life. Because when your body becomes like the most important thing in your life, that's when you start to to neglect all the other things that are probably still important to you deep down you know people can't be present in their relationships with people because they're worried about getting their steps in or thinking about how many calories they've consumed when they're eating a meal out or whatever it is can see how having too much concern over your shape and weight and how to control that strictly can impact other areas of someone's life and that's when we really see as i said most of like the the biggest kind of impacts there so that's a really important thing to Consider. And yeah, just because someone looks good to you doesn't mean that they feel good and actually probably would have a better quality of life if they let go of their their attachment to looking a certain way. But obviously, that's a lot easier said than done for a lot of people. Yeah, like, it's so weird to me thinking back of like how I felt in the past or how I've seen clients feel about themselves previously to where they ultimately get to. Like right now I would think like, like my body is the least interesting thing about me. You know, I'm like this, like, it's just, it's something that I enjoy. Like I enjoy like physical expressions and stuff. Like I enjoy like, you know, training, et cetera. Right. So I'm like, it is obviously a large part of who I am. Like I like being a, a physical entity, you know, um, however, like, as I said, like, I'll look in the mirror and be like, oh, I feel I'm a bit like skinny fat today or fat or, you know, or I feel like what, whatever. Right. And it just doesn't matter to me. Right. And it, it's just thinking back to my own past, because obviously that's the, the, the best experience that I have in terms of like actually knowing this stuff. Like, I know previously I would have been like, oh, I need to like, you know, do more. I need to train harder or I need to like eat a little bit less or you know whatever it is like I, I would have felt those things reactively to my body image like looking in the mirror but then I kind of like think to myself now I'm like look realistically is this something that you're going to care about in two years time five years time ten years time no, it's not right but also then I think about like and this is one of the questions I kind of ask myself 
and also sometimes ask clients it. I'm like, like, would you feel this way if mirrors didn't exist? Right? Yeah. Like the whole world like, was blind. What would you do then? You know? Exactly. You know, it's like like this. This is something that like is completely. I'm gonna say man-made, right? It's like this is completely like where in history have we been able to just you know at any second here like pull up a mirror and look at ourselves or like, like obviously we're communicating on like you know the, this uh, where you're recording yourself but like realistically like that has never been the case in history where you could just easily access you know your image away from what you think your own image is you know and so like it kind of makes it almost laughable when I, I think back you know I'm like why was I letting a mirror you know, influence, like, that's not even reality. Like, it's just like, pose a certain way and look great and like, pose another way and not look great. Like, I always, again, like, think back, like, I remember, like, say, when I was younger, like, I'd sit down and I'd have, like, you know, some belly rolls or something. And I'd be like, oh, look, this is, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And I should be training harder. I should have, like, complete six pack abs when I'm sitting down, even, you know, like, that's, that's just what you have to do. Like, you know, you'd look at like fitness models, magazines, and they'd be in this kind of like slouched over position and they still have abs and you're like, that's what I need. That's what's going to make me more confident or that's what's going to make people like me more and whatever, right? And it's really hard to get away from a position of negative body image, right? And I think you will kind of touch on this in a second, but it's very hard to get away from a negative association with your body in terms of you're like, I hate my body, right? Like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is something that consumes way too much mental real estate for me right now. You know, it's like, this is almost all consuming. We'll say it's like, this is something that you're thinking about and like you're, you're missing out on social occasions. You're missing out on enjoying things that you enjoy. Like you wouldn't go, like say you really like swimming, but oh, I couldn't go swimming now. I feel like a, I'm so fat or whatever. Right. And it's like, that's, you're, you're missing out on life because of your negative body image. And that can, again, happen across the, the spectrum of bodies. Right. I think it's a little bit easier to create a positive body image. However, like that saying that I don't think either of those things are necessarily easy to do. Right. And, um, but maybe you can talk a little bit more to that in terms of like, what's the difference between like, breaking down a negative body image versus like building up a positive body image. And then how could someone who potentially is interested in it themselves, how could they go about doing that? But also how could a, a coach who's kind of thinking, you know, I, I, I haven't thought about this stuff before. I want to help my clients. Like how do I address this stuff with them? You know, how do I make sure they're in a good place? Like you said at the start, like, if it's just body composition changes you're getting for your client, like that's great and everything like that's, yeah, they might feel like that's what they asked you to do, but like, it does feel kind of hollow, kind of empty. If it's like, they're still in a bad position at the end of it with, I was going to say mental health, but mental health is not necessarily the right word, but their overall feelings and, and thoughts around themselves. Like they're not happy at the end of it. Have we actually succeeded? You know? I think to answer this question, you have to have a really good understanding of the person that you're working with and the nature of their body image concerns and the degree to which it's impacting their life and in which way and what you both want the outcome to be. So there's going to be clients who are going to be more and less open to doing work on their body image. 
for me, I'm fortunate enough that most people come to me with the awareness already that, ah, oh, there's some extra work that needs to go on here. But you may find yourself coming across clients who are displaying some of those like red flags of where they either care a bit too much or it's impacting their life, but they're not aware of the issue. You know, they, again, they're caught up in the idea that once I look a certain way, then all my problems will be solved. So that's a factor that has to be considered because I was actually looking on into the research um, when it comes to promoting a positive body image on different techniques because some of the techniques would encourage people to restructure their thoughts. So to identify maladaptive cognitions that um, are like kind of habitual and faulty and are causing them high levels of distress. So it could be thoughts about specific parts of their body um, and kind of like magnifying their perceived flaws and then ignoring all the parts that they like about themselves. So challenging certain cognitions is one way um, that we'd go about reducing a negative body image. But for the people that aren't aware that their body image is a problem, asking them to reflect on some of their thoughts about their body can actually cause higher levels of distress and different kind of interventions have been exploring this and we see that asking people to focus on parts that they do like such as like thinking about there was one program called the expand your horizon program which is at this stage one of the most effective interventions for promoting a positive body image and it asks or encourages participants to reflect on their body functionality so all of the things that your body can do for you and this isn't limited just to physical capabilities such as like building strength in the gym or different skill sets or whatever which is great but again you've got to consider the person that you're working with some people don't feel confident in their ability in the gym and they may find themselves comparing themselves to everyone who can lift heavier so getting them to reflect on their physical capabilities may be somewhat limited and in fact our bodies do a whole lot more for us so the expand your horizons program encourages people to think more broadly about all of the things that our bodies do such as the fact that um by reflecting on like your senses you know what are the amazing sights that you've been able to see because you have eyes that work or what music have you been able to listen to how have you been able to interact with people like uh interact with people and communicate with others like cuddling sex talking to people being a shoulder to cry on holding someone's hand um even thinking about your creative endeavors you know if you're someone who's into photography or drawing or reading you know whatever it is there's so many functions that our bodies allow us to do and reflecting on those it can increase our appreciation for our bodies you know on the whole and that's moving away from objectifying ourselves and thinking about ourselves as objects that are to be valued based on how we look so it's really important to consider as i mentioned where your client is at and what kind of what they think is the issue here so rather than getting them to challenge some of their cognitions you may have more of an impact by encouraging them to reflect on the things that they they do like and that's kind of linked to the gratitude model of body appreciation where again just thinking about the things that we are grateful for can increase our appreciation, which is kind of one of the largest components of fostering a positive body image. But then again, it kind of de depends on the 
degree of impairment as well because if we're wanting to work towards reducing a negative body image there can be a lot of value in getting people to develop kind of more of an awareness between the things that trigger the thoughts and the feelings that they have about themselves and then the things that they do in relation to those thoughts and those feelings so keeping something like a body image diary can be quite helpful so people can then identify oh when I can compare myself to others all of a sudden I feel shit and then what do I do when I feel that way oh I want to restrict my eating you know or I want to go and exercise excessively when they start to see those connections there I think that can help to develop the understanding that oh maybe it has more to do with my thoughts about myself rather than my actual body so again just thinking about where someone is at there and keeping that diary can really help to I guess identify what needs work so if someone can see that they're they're prone to comparing themselves to others then you can talk about that and maybe challenge some of those thoughts you know are you thinking about your worst you know the areas of your body that you're most dissatisfied with and comparing that to someone else's best you know, are you thinking about that person as a person or when you're comparing yourself, are you objectifying them? You know, thinking about, oh, look at how great that person's abs are. Well, if that's all you're considering, you're not actually viewing that person as a person. You're just looking at them as an object, you know, and what does that mean for the way that we relate to ourselves? So there's different kind of things there um, in relation to reducing a negative body image. But what it would come down to, um, again, one of those biggest components is reducing the investment that someone has in their their body if that's a problem for them you know if you've identified that they are holding themselves back from different areas of their life then you can encourage them to um, think about the implications of that and i've actually taken clients through this where we draw up a pie chart of all the things that someone thinks is important to themselves as a person and to who they are and then rank them in terms of their importance and people have come up with like these pie charts where they've kind of identified that actually my concerns about my shape my weight and my eating behaviors are overshadowing all of these other things that i do care about but i don't act like i care about because when i um refuse to let my partner cook for me i'm not acting like I care about my, our relationship even though I do deep down but it's just my concerns about the food that he's preparing that's getting in the way you know so people can then kind of draw those connections and it helps develop that self-understanding and then you can work on that and I think that one really nice thing that ties into all of this is getting clear on what someone wants from their life you know and something that I've been speaking a lot to recently in the work that Dr. Gabrielle Fondaro and I have been collaborating on with comprehensive coaching is the value of integrating um, acceptance and commitment therapy into our coaching practices. And one of the things that that therapy is based on, or one of the huge kind of principles behind that is helping people to guide or move towards a life that is meaningful and valuable to them. And by identifying the things that we care about we can then make sure that our goals are in alignment with the things that we value and this can help someone to determine whether or not a weight loss goal is even appropriate you know are we asking the right questions here like why do you actually want to change your body composition you know and again if it's things like like oh i value 
you know, flexibility and, and adventure and I value confidence or self-development, well, then we want to make sure that this body composition change actually is developing you as a person because it might not be. So getting clear on that, I think, can be helpful to guide, I guess, the intervention. And again, especially when you understand the different influences that we're under, it's very normal for people to want to change their body. And that's understandable. Like it's not it's not vain to care about how you look, given the importance that our society kind of places on physical appearance. So a lot of people do come with some misguided, you know, um, notions and misguided goals that they actually don't really want deep down or it's not really serving them in the way that they would expect so having that there as the thing you know that we want to move towards can be really helpful especially for someone who is caught up in this idea of I need to look a certain way that's who I am as a person helping people to step back from the thoughts that they you know the stories that they tell themselves about who they are can be a big component of that because someone may be nervous to let go of some of the focus on their body if I don't have this you know awesome body who would I really be after that you know so having something to move towards can be really helpful whilst you you know what you want to move away from but you're not just leaving people in the middle ground there like oh I don't know where to go from here Um, and when it comes to promoting a positive body image this is really important to consider because much of the research has been done, you know, historically on reducing a negative body image and the, the research behind positive body image is much newer. But it's really important to think about this in terms of the work that we're doing with people because they are qualitatively distinct constructs. So a more comprehensive approach to helping someone improve how they feel about how they look incorporates both, especially when you do think about the society that we live in. Because the pictures that we're exposed to on the media or like just looking at Instagram and all these like photoshopped or whatever posed you know models um people are going to be subject to what we would kind of term body image threats probably on a daily basis you know you are there's always going to be someone who's more attractive than you and what are you going to do in that circumstance you know is the the only way to feel good about yourself outshining everyone else or can you learn to kind of accept yourself for, for where you are and what you do have and also understanding the other qualities to you as a person and having a, a broader sense of what it means to be beautiful, like thinking about someone's inner characteristics, you know, what actually makes a person attractive? Is it just their body or is it also, you know, personality traits like the fact that someone is so kind and so caring and really confidence like confidence is attractive to a lot of people um humor may be attractive intelligence so there's so many other things that go into a person so promoting a positive body image can help people to develop what's been termed a protective filter so it may not be the fact that we have negative thoughts about how we look from time to time it may a lot of the distress may be caused by how we relate to those thoughts. So learning to accept some of those negative thoughts and still behave flexibly in a way that's in accordance to your values and the type of life that you want to live is one aspect of having a positive body image. So if you think about a concrete example, maybe someone wakes up, feels a bit bloated that day, thinks, oh, I don't really want to go out tonight because I'm not feeling so great. Having those thoughts, it's fine. But what do you do in that circumstance? Do you stay in because you feel 
you know, bad about how you look and your the outfit that you wanted to wear suddenly doesn't look good on you anymore? Or do you say, yeah, okay, everyone feels like this from time to time. Bloating is totally normal and I'm not going to let that hold me back from having fun tonight. You know, that would be an example of body image flexibility. So you can see how reducing the distress that people experience from time to time is important but so is promoting acceptance and flexibility in the service of a life that you actually want to live so there's kind of a lot that goes into that depending on who you're working with and where they're at yeah like i'm definitely going to listen back to that a few times because there's some actual like very key nuggets in that um and it's see the thing about this as well is like i wish there was a here's the playbook. Here's exactly how you, you know, manage this stuff. But like, there isn't, right? This is why I like outsource this stuff kind of to you in terms of like, you like reading the research on this, you're staying up to date with it. And obviously I think you also like put it in a very easily accessible way. And obviously again, like the webinar series, like I would go there to learn more about this kind of stuff. Um, But also one of the questions I always kind of think through with myself, and I've trialed it out a few different ways with different clients, um, and this actually goes, it started with like, you know, the thought process of like, oh, I want my clients to like journal, right? To, you know, start understanding themselves a little bit more. Like, even if it's just like kind of getting their thoughts out of their head down onto a piece of paper, that can be very, uh, I say reassuring. It can be very nice to do, we'll just say, right? Um, and this was something that I've brought in a good few times with a lot of different clients. And it's something I kind of go back and forth on, right? And the reason for that is, do we need to be doing that every day, right? And the the thing that really kind of made me question this was the the stuff you said about like you can actually cause someone to have a negative body image, you know? And having them journal and, you know, think through their thoughts, but also in this context, focus on like, okay, like why do you have negative thoughts around this? Or like, why do you like, it's very negative driven in terms of I'm, I'm really focusing on like, the, the reasoning behind your negative thought here. And we never actually built a resilience and a, a confidence, we'll say, at the back end of that, right? And that was something that I kind of, I always go back and forth on. And I don't think I've really cracked the code with it, right? In terms of like getting the client from the position that they are in, in terms of maybe they do have you know, a relatively okay body image. Like I'm not working with the same kind of clientele that you are, um, but they're they're okay with their body image you know i work with maybe mainly people that like you know go to the gym they want some fat loss um but i still need to ensure that they have a good body image at the back end of this stuff and it's really hard in my mind i'm like do we need to be checking this stuff every single day like what's the frequency that we need to check back in with ourselves and check our body images because i've tried a few different ways and one of the ways i've tried is like okay we're going to journal these thoughts down like you said like maybe you could have like a uh a body image, you know, notebook where you're just like, this is, I'm just going to record my thoughts of body image in this notebook. And then I'm kind of like, are we setting clients up to require that for the rest of their life? You know, where it's like, you need to be always checking back. You're like, are these thoughts, good thoughts? Are these thoughts like pathological thoughts? Are these thoughts, you know, feelings or whatever, like, are they logical? Like we have almost this overemphasis on, you have to have logical thought. And look, I'm a scientist. I actually love logical thought. Like that's don't, don't get me wrong. And, but also it's like, you have to accept the fact that like humans are emotional beings as well. Like, you know, we always have this overemphasis on like, you must be happy at all times. And it's like, 
well, if we're supposed to be happy at all times, like why do we have this whole spectrum of emotions, you know? And this is something that I really struggle with to impart on my clients because you want to help them. You don't want someone to be in, in a position where they're, you know, they're feeling like crap, you know, and they're just like, oh, I feel like shit about my body image, my you know, physique, et cetera. And like one of the ways obviously is to get results. Like that's, that's going to help to some extent, but like we've been discussing, like that can't be the, the full story, you know, that can't be like, you could get the results and then it's like, oh, but I have a little bit of a wiggle here or, you know, there's a little bit, you know, there's, there's always something else. So we need to be thinking deeper with this, but I'm just wondering how do you kind of, I say, how do you coach this stuff in terms of like, are we getting people to check daily? Because I always think about, again, like it's like body checking, you know, and like body checking, like, you know, you say like you, you pinched a little bit of fat here or whatever. Like you're always like, oh, this is the, the metric that I use. Are we just kind of taking that same thought process and now just writing it down or, you know, thinking it through? Like, is that bad, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My current understanding is that these interventions in terms of focusing on reducing distress and you know targeting pretty unsettling thoughts it's most effective when someone is has bought into that like they want to do this they've identified that you know the that they're keen on learning more about their own thoughts about themselves you know they've identified that they have experienced these thoughts commonly and it's getting in the way of their life. So when someone's reached that stage, you're like, I want to work on this. It seems that that's when it's most beneficial to do it directly. Whereas when someone, as I mentioned before, isn't quite sure on what's holding them back, asking them to reflect on these things probably isn't going to be that helpful. One thing that is kind of inspired by acceptance and commitment therapy, what they do to start with is something known as creative hopelessness. So it's an exercise where you're kind of highlighting to someone that what they're currently doing isn't serving them well. So for example, someone who may have the tendency to restrict their food throughout the day ends up binging in the evening because they're so hungry and they think the only answer to solving that problem is to keep restricting you know an exercise in creative hopelessness would kind of or helplessness would help them to see that ah this cycle isn't working for me i've tried this before and it's no longer working and you can kind of think about that in terms of helping people come around to the idea that their body image needs like internal work by showing them as we kind of discussed at the start of the podcast that, well, you've maybe identified in yourself that changing your body composition hasn't made you happier in the past. You know, that would be an example of creative helplessness, showing them that, oh, I can see from my own experience that how I look doesn't necessarily make me feel better. Once I've got that understanding, that's kind of a foot in the door that, oh, there's some extra work to be done here. So that can kind of help you to, I guess, decide where to go, depending on where someone's coming from. And when it comes to monitoring like these thoughts and these feelings, they doesn't have to be done forever. You know, it's just in those initial stages to really help to drive that, that message home that, oh, 
this has helped me identify that I have a problem with comparing myself to others. This has helped me to identify that I have a problem with shape checking. I check myself way too much for my own well-being. Um, this has helped me identify that I put too much importance in my weight and shape. That's kind of the purpose of that. You're just developing self-awareness. Then when you know what the problem is, you can go about addressing it, you know, thinking about, okay, I'm still, I'm still experiencing this problem where I compare myself to others. What do I do in these situations? And then recalling your thoughts around that can really help you gain clarity. And some of the, the research indicates that simply drawing awareness to these things can help people in and of itself because we we tend to realize oh that's not actually that helpful for me you know maybe i can begin to change my the way that i think or when i catch myself checking my appearance and i know that it hasn't actually made me feel any better i'm more inclined to notice i've checked myself out in the mirror every time i've walked past you know maybe this isn't a good idea maybe i should start checking myself a little bit less so um things like that just drawing awareness is one of the, the most important things that we can do um, and helping people to address those problems once they've identified them. So yeah, like the body image diary is can be great for that, but there are some more indirect ways as we've kind of touched on with you know increasing appreciation or gratitude as well that would aim to promote a positive body image, which may, we don't even know what has to come first. You know, there's so many different factors here. It's not clear in the research either. So there, there will never be like a perfect blueprint to this step comes first, then we do this, and then the next stage is this, because we don't know how these different components interrelate. And we don't know, for example, you're thinking about all the things that go into a positive body image, um, which be like, you know, having favorable opinions of your body, accepting your body, respecting it, protecting it against unrealistic media ideals. Um, that comes down to things like body appreciation, body acceptance, having a broad conceptualization of beauty, having the perception that your body is accepted by others, um, and the protective filtering that we spoke about, self-compassion is a huge component there. What bit has to come first? You know, do we have to develop someone's self-compassion before they can learn to appreciate their body? Before, or do they need to have perceived body acceptance by others before they can learn to appreciate their body? You know, we're not actually sure how all these things interrelate. And then when you think about reducing a negative body image, you know, do we need to reduce some of that distress that someone's experiencing before they're more open to appreciating their body you know there's so many different factors that go into it that i think that's why it's super important to just be very intentional with what you're doing with someone you know and very aware of what they want to achieve and kind of the influences that they're under and the way that it's impacting their life i think that's again a, a bit of a, a broad answer but it's probably the best way to go about this um just making sure that someone is on board with the process and is clear on what they want to achieve and what they think the problem is, is going to be a large part of that as well. Yeah. And this is like so many things, health and fitness, it's like this is a multifactorial issue, right? It's not like, Oh, here's the one thing that you can do to, to fix this. You know, it's like that's, it's, it's never the case with health and fitness stuff, you know? Um, but as a coach, I always kind of think I'm like, when I'm trying to think of the next intervention, the next step for this client, I'm just kind of thinking, is this going to build the client to be more resilient to these thoughts in the future? But then also, is this building towards a more confident individual? And I think if you use those kind of two, we'll say heuristics, like 
you make better choices. Like you're not going to suggest like, okay, we're only going to focus on the negative here now. Um, like that's, that's not building a more confident person. That's not building resilience. And yeah, okay, that might be part of the process, but we need to have some sort of strategy to overcome the fact that all you're focusing on is negative now. You know, like the, how is that going to benefit you in terms of building your confidence or building your resilience? 100%, we need to shine a spotlight on these negative thoughts at some stage, right? But like you said, this, what point does that come for the client, right? And again, it could be every single person is different in terms of like how confident they already are, how much compassion they already have for themselves, like all, all these different things. Like you might have someone that's extremely confident except about their body. So like you already know that they, they know what being confident feels like, right? That could be completely different to someone that, you know, feels unconfident about their body and that has leaked over into the rest of their life and they just really, you know, uh, recluse almost because they lack so much confidence because of this thing. Like helping both of those people, that's going to be a completely different experience and a different journey for them. Even though you might use similar tools at different stages, like the way you navigate that, it's going to be completely different, right? Um, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here because I am caught... I am aware that you have a, uh, a time to, to go, but where can people find more information about you yourself? Like you've been on the podcast a few times. So like, you know, they can always go back to those episodes, but where can they find more information about you? And importantly to this conversation, like where can they find more information about this stuff, both in terms of like the webinar and like, are there people out there talking about this? Like, I know you do obviously, um, and they should definitely follow you. Um, but like, are there people out there talking about this? Is there any other resources that they can go and read up more about this? Or is it just the case that they're going to have to really deep, do a deep dive in the literature? Yeah, so I guess the best place to find me would be over on Instagram, um, at ShannonBit underscore, or also my website as well, because I have a number of articles on some of the, the issues that we've spoken about. Um, that's also the place you'll find the Body Image Webinars, which is a five-part webinar series, because I was like, oh, I'll just do a couple of webinars talking about body image, and then realized that there was just so much to go into that it's now, yeah, turned into a five-part webinar series on, yeah, reducing a negative body image, putting it into practice as well, promoting a positive body image. Um, and when it comes to learning more about body image in general, I'd say that there are a few key researchers to look out for. So Thomas Cash pretty much pioneered the field of body image, and he has a body image workbook, which is quite effective, which can give you um, a good overview. It's a self-help workbook as well, which is when I've sort of started to think, well, if there's a self-help workbook that's like empirically back, you know, backed by the research, then what's the harm in integrating some body image work into my practice because these people could just be going through the workbook themselves and we can discuss that you know in our coaching um and then obviously i just went deeper into the research so thomas cash um tracy tilka is the one who has been doing a lot of work in terms of uh, the positive body image side of things. So I'd recommend checking out their work or just go on to the body image journal. Like there is a journal of body image, which is probably, you know, a really great place to start if you want to understand um, more about just how all of these different factors interrelate. But yeah, I think 
maybe if you're just getting started then the webinars would be helpful because it's more of a comprehensive overview and if you have further questions based on that then go ahead and, and you know do your own research i have reference to think probably over i don't know a few hundred studies <laughs> in the the webinar series so there's a lot to to work on and to go through that for sure i'm also hoping to i do have a podcast um which has been put on the back burner a little bit as I've been working on the webinar series, but I hope to speak to I'm trying to reach out to some of the researchers in the field to talk about their research and the direction that the, the field is headed. So hopefully there will be um, some more episodes around these sorts of topics to come. And again, you can find like all the details on, on my website of my podcast and other podcasts that I've been featured in. Um, so yeah, it's, oh, I haven't even mentioned what the website is. It's shannonlbeer.com. See, I'm bad at these things. <laughs> Don't worry, it's all going to be linked below anyway. Um, awesome. So yeah, it's actually been a pleasure having you on. And I think like <laughs> this stuff is so important to actually understand. And I really do hope people take a lot from this episode and obviously the work that you do. They go shoot you a follow on uh, the old gram and obviously follow your work. Um, but I think this stuff is really interesting as well from the perspective of like you actually end up helping your coaches first sorry you help helping your clients more by doing this stuff because it can kind of feel like you're a little bit it's, it's outside of your wheelhouse almost you're kind of like oh this is like psychology or something you know it's like i don't i shouldn't think about that and like to an extent like there's obviously psychological issues that we just are we're, we're coaches we're not supposed to deal with but like this is something directly related to how we actually help our clients and i know it can be a little bit i was gonna say intimidating that's not the right word but we'll, we'll use it right intimidating in terms of like go looking at this research actually learning more from it like i always think back i'm like especially when i was younger like like i come from a household all boys in the house like i played sports you know and they're all like we'll say like hyper masculine sports in terms of like i like fighting i like going to the gym and like you know i liked all that kind of stuff and like if you would ask me when i was like 18 or something be like oh yeah like you're going to have an interest in like body positivity and you know body excuse me can't even talk body image and that kind of stuff i would have been like oh no I, I i don't read that stuff like i just care about like lifting weights and whatever else you know but like i know people listening to it to this podcast might have that perspective and um, but it actually doesn't serve your clients the best right you're not actually giving them the best service that you can and also you're probably ignoring glaring flaws in your own thinking and your own persona i suppose and um, that actually reading this stuff would probably help with as well you know yeah, so like that's exactly it just yeah. because like we haven't experienced it ourselves doesn't mean that it's not a problem you know like you can think about that in so many aspects like you've probably spoken about weight stigma and things like that in your obesity series like just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean that you shouldn't care either if you care about the people that you're working with yeah exactly like and like ultimately it becomes a win-win where it's like you help your, your clients better and even if it's not your clients like you maybe don't work with people but you're still you know give advice to people or whatever it helps you actually understand people better in general like and where they're coming from and like you become a more i say well-rounded person you just become a nicer person you know like it's like okay you actually understand the different trials and tribulations that people go through and you're like okay so maybe i should be a little bit more mindful of my words you know and that's not to say like you just don't have courage in your own convictions in terms of maybe you don't like 
I don't know, we'll say social justice warriors, the way they kind of handle this. Like you did a post the other day where it was like, you don't want to, you basically want to be in the middle. Like you don't want to be either side of this stuff, you know, where it's like, you don't want to be like, like all bodies are perfect the way they are. Like I was actually saying this to Gary the other day, like imagine you went to someone for help, you know, cause Gary actually has depression currently. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but like, imagine you went to someone for help and they just told you, oh, you're perfect the way you are but you already have all these negative thoughts around your, your body. You have all these, you know, negative, you just feel negative. You're just in a bad place. And they all, their only intervention is like, you're perfect the way you are. Like, that's not helpful. Right. And like, I know a lot of people, at least on social media, like it kind of comes across as if that's what they're saying. And like, you know, you kind of fall into the same, we'll say lumping in terms of the, the people talking about this stuff. And like, you're, that's not the message that you're putting out. It's like you're, you're actually trying to help the individual use their thoughts better, if that makes sense, you know? And, and again, I always think back, I'm like, as I was saying to Gary, it's like, imagine you just went to someone and all they could do was say like, you're perfect. No need to change. Don't, you're, you're good to go. Like that, that's not helpful. Yeah, completely agree. And I think that is like the danger that you can fall into, I think with like the, uh, body positivity movement is that being told you should be happy like you're fine where you are doesn't tell you how to achieve that I should, and then can actually make you feel worse so yeah we definitely have to be mindful about the message that we're putting out and the impact that your words may have on someone exactly anyway i'm going to wrap it up here because i am conscious of your time um so yeah give shannon a follow do all the usual stuff all our stuff is linked below you know the usual stuff um, and i suppose we'll see you in the next one Awesome. Thank you.